The book of Acts this morning, Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. And he said, upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Uh, there wouldn't be many Baptists left today, amen. And there were many lights in the upper chamber there where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third law and was taken up dead. Paul went down and fell on him and embraced him, said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. When he therefore was come up again, he had broken bread and eaten, talked a long while, even to the break of day, so he departed. They brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. I want to take that thought this morning and preach on don't fall out of church. Uh, this young man fell out of church and I want to preach on don't fall out of church. Now, there's three things going on here uh, that needs to be in every church. Number one, uh, there is some exhorting going on. There is preaching. I like what one fella said. He liked his preaching long and loud and hot. Amen. Uh, we get in a day today, uh, most churches, uh, that preacher better be through by 12 o'clock. Uh, I mean, we got to get to the restaurant or we got to go watch a game or a race uh, and we got to hurry up and get out of church. Uh, God help us to come in and say we'll stay as long as God wants us to. Now I have heard men preach an hour and a half and you wish he did shut up, amen. Because God wasn't nowhere around. But if God's in it, I don't care if he preaches till midnight. I wanna be where God's at, amen. Preaching is what will build the church. I've enjoyed this great singing. Thank God for it. But God's meant here in the preaching because his word is being exhorted. Amen. Amen. Got to be some preaching. Amen. Number two, the Bible said it was a bright place lit up. There's got to be some excitement. My goodness, we've got to, hey, I, I've enjoyed these, these days I've got to be here. I, I'm honored, as the preacher said, honored to have me. I'm honored to be here, hallelujah. But I enjoy the excitement. I appreciate the testimonies. Uh, uh, Brother Samuel, that fired me up too, amen. I tell you what, I like it. I don't come to church uh, to go to sleep. I, I come to church uh, to get excited about the good things of God. Uh, it wasn't long, uh, I was sitting there and I felt a breeze from another world and I couldn't help myself but to say hallelujah, glory to God, amen, and be excited about the good things of God. We've got so much to be excited about, amen. Amen. Don't you get excited about a ball game and not get excited about Jesus. Amen. You fellas, when you play softball and you, man, you hit that home run and you get all excited, you ought to get that way in church. Hallelujah. Amen. Me and brother David was talking about eating before, before church. 
You know the third thing there's doing? There's eating. If it's eating in the Bible, Bobby Barnes is going to find it. Amen. <laughs> they were eating and fellowshipping. You know, fellowshipping does you good. Uh, that's part of the church. A church is in trouble, Brother Nathan, when everybody, as soon as they say amen, I mean flies out of there. Uh, there's something wrong, and I've, I've been in those meetings. Uh, I'm telling you, five minutes after the, uh, after the service is over, the lights are out and the parking lot's empty, and everybody is gone. I like it when they hang around uh, and they fellowship. Uh, I'm telling you, there's nothing out there in that world for you. I'd rather be around God's people and around the things of God you young people especially fellowship with people who love Jesus don't you fellowship with the world it'll draw you out it'll pull you down I'm telling you fellowship with one another amen amen three things and we'll go eat because I'm hungry hallelujah number one the reason this boy fell out he got distracted he sat in that window for a purpose, I think. I think he already had his mind on something else. Just like you're talking about the devil distracting you. You see, you can get distracted by sports. You can get distracted by pleasure, by hobbies. My former pastor, Brother Steve Griffith, he said when he got saved, Brother Milford Bitter was preaching when he got saved. And matter of fact, I've never heard Brother Biddle preach like this, but he said when he got through preaching, he said he got up off the altar. And he said, that's good, boy, you got saved. Now go get a haircut, amen. That's just the way it was back in those days. Oh, Brother Steve had hair past his shoulder. Guess what happened the next night? He had a haircut. That's just the way that it was back in them days, amen. But anyway, old Brother Steve got a car, a special sports car or something, and he loved that thing more than he did Jesus. And the Lord said, uh, get rid of that. He said, nah, I kind of like it. He said, I said, get rid of it. And you know what he said? He said, I tore it all two pieces in a wreck and I got rid of it, amen. Uh, sometimes uh, uh, you'll put things before the Lord uh, and it'll distract you uh, uh, from being what you ought to be. Nothing wrong with having a car, nothing wrong with having a truck, nothing wrong with having a motorcycle as long as uh, that don't distract you uh, and get you out of church, amen. Sometimes people will distract you. Oh, down through the years, I've seen many a boy get distracted by a girl. I've seen many a girl get distracted by a boy and get their mind off of God. I mean, boy, the last time you see them, they were in the choir. They were raising their hand. They were shouting and excited. And now they just sit there and look at the floor and their mind is not on the things of God. It's because they've got distracted, amen. Uh, you can have a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend and still be for the Holy Ghost, amen. Uh, you don't get distracted and let that become a distraction the devil used to help you to fall out of church, amen. Number two, he distanced himself. The Bible said he went to the third loft. When you go as far as you can away from preaching, you're in trouble. Brother Nathan was teasing Brother Ladd last night. Brother Ladd was sitting on the back pew. He said, how did you used to sit up here and now you're back there? And he said, well, uh, my wife is on call. That's a pretty good reason. 
But you know what I have seen? I, I, I know a fellow that uh, I, I guess, uh, I don't know if he's still a member here or not, but I remember him always sitting right here shouting and praising God. And then he moved further back, and then he moved further back, and then he moved further back. And then he said all the way back there, and now that fellow's out of church today. If you continuously move back uh, and you're trying to get away from preaching, it's because you're in trouble. Are you listening to me? I want to be under the spout where the glory comes out. Hallelujah. You may get spit on once in a while, especially if I'm preaching and you're sitting on the front row, but it'll do you good. Just wipe it off. I don't have coronavirus, amen, and I don't have AIDS, hallelujah. Uh, thank God, just get around the preacher uh, and enjoy uh, being where God is. Uh, I wanna be uh, uh, where the Holy Ghost is. Uh, I don't wanna go around and hide in a corner. I wanna be uh, uh, where he uh, will come and meet with me, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Brother David, I'm not saying you're backsliding back there. Amen. <laughs> when you start moving back, you're in trouble. When you have seven nursery workers and three kids, somebody's in trouble. <laughs> I've seen that. I have seen that. Man, you see all these workers coming out of the nursery. And there's three babies in there like, what in the world? Somebody wants to be in there talking, don't want to hear preaching. Amen. That's the way to fall out of church, to get distance themselves from preaching. Number three, he dozed off. He fell asleep, fell out the window. You may not physically fall asleep, and yet there's some that does that in church too, but anyhow. Of course, sometimes people take medicine and I understand that. But you may not physically, but here's what happens if you're not careful. While you're in church, you're daydreaming. You're thinking about everything else instead of what you're supposed to be listening to. The devil will start letting you think about tomorrow and playing ball or your video game or whatever you're going to do and your chores and what you have to, he'll get your mind and you know what you're missing everything that's going on it's like sister melody said you know what god will have something in every message for everyone in here everybody there's something god spoke to me about last night every message i hear i glean from it and say lord help me amen that's what preaching's for hallelujah and he takes his word and instruct us amen don't daydream don't think about everything under the sun ask god to help you to keep your mind on the preaching what's going on amen that is the reason this young man fell out. You say, number two, how do you resist from falling out? Well, you, you come to every service. Every service. You're physically able. Sometimes, Brother Laddie, we, we're not physically able to come. But every service. When I used to work with Brother Kidd in the tent ministry, I knocked on doors. We always went Monday through Friday the first week, Monday through Thursday the second week, so we could take the tent down and get to the next meeting. So those nine days, every meeting, I knocked on doors two hours every day. And you know what a lot of people would tell me that were saved and used to go to church? Said, we got out of the habit of going, and I just can't get started back going again. So if you never quit, Brother Daniel, you don't have to worry about that. That's what happened with this coronavirus. You're talking about the devil using it. 
Uh, there's people that have gotten satisfied with staying home. They've gotten satisfied and they're content and they're not coming back. Uh, they're not, I'm not talking about someone who's sickly. I'm not talking about someone who's got health issues. I'm talking about normal people have found an excuse. Uh, I'm telling you what you do. You go to every service. I appreciate you being here every morning. Thank God for you. I appreciate that. That's how you stay in church and not fall out. You come to every service, every morning, every night, uh, a Sunday school, 11 o'clock, Wednesday night. Thank God everything that's going on. You involve yourself, amen. Every service, every activity, if there's a work day, then be there if you're not working, if you're physically able. The preacher told, my dad told the preacher, I'd love to go knock on doors with you, but I can't physically walk down the street like that. I can't get in and out of the car. So guess what he did? He witnessed every day to people that he saw. Hallelujah. That's how you do that. But you engage in every activity. If there's visitation, you be there. Thank God for that. You know what? I, I tell people, and they're, they're amazed, when we were able to visit pre-coronavirus, there's times I've been here when I was able to come, and there'd be 30-some people here. They're like, you mean you got 30-some people come out on visitation? Because most pastors have quit doing it because they can't get one to go with them. That's the truth. I don't know how many pastors I say, well, brother, do you have visitation? Well, I can't get anybody to go with me. And me and my wife just got tired of going by herself. Well, if you got to go by yourself, you got to go by yourself. When I pastored in Texas, pastored a little town above Fort Worth called Boyd, Boyd, Texas. Me and Patty, of course, having no children. We went out knocking on doors two days a week ourselves. And then on Thursday night, I took another man. And on Saturday morning, I took another man. Went out and knocked on doors four days a week. A little town ran 1,200 people, and I ran almost 90. You know why? Not because I'm a good preacher, because I kept beating the bushes. Amen. Uh, be involved in what's going on. Uh, thank God. I remember when our youth de uh, department was fired up, uh, we'd have 30 of all 30 of us every Thursday night uh, knocking on doors, uh, had 20-some adults to take us around. We'd have 50. 55 people knocking on doors every Thursday night. I don't know why I've gotten off onto that, but I'm just saying engage yourself in every activity, amen. Whatever's, that's how you keep from falling out. Number three, you excommunicate yourself from those who would pull you out. Like lost people. Now see, you are to try to win them. You are to try to befriend them. But you don't go to their hunting clubs on Friday night while they're sitting around drinking Bud Dumber because it don't make you wiser. And you, you, they're drinking beer and they're telling dirty jokes. You, you don't go there. You say, no, no, thank you, fellas. I'll just meet you Saturday morning out in the woods uh, and I'm not coming. Why can't you come? Because I'm a saved man and we don't talk that way and I don't drink and I'm not going to be around it. Amen. That's not being self-righteous. That's just being honest, you see. You know why? Because if you keep going there, there'll be a day that they'll slip you. I've got a friend that that just happened to, a friend of mine. His son has never drunk in his life. Never drunk in his life. And two buddies, they went 
going somewhere on Saturday night to another person's uh, home in the church. Uh, well, the one fellow went home, but his son went to another man uh, and his son never drank. Uh, and the adult there gave a teenage boy a can of beer just to spite uh, that, that man of God, uh, that, that, that boy who was saved. Uh, and he drank it and then he drank another one and he drank another one and he drank another one. That boy got drunk. Uh, I'm telling you, you can't hang around uh, that crowd uh, because uh, it will affect you. Amen. Amen. You can't do it. Uh, that, that boy, he said he's sorry, hadn't done it since, uh, but it broke his daddy and mama's heart uh, because he hung around people that drank. You can't do that. You got to excommunicate yourself from those who are lost. Now listen to me carefully so you don't misunderstand me. You have to excommunicate yourself from those who leave wrong. Some people leave church right. When I left to come here, I called my pastor four months before I ever moved. And I said, preacher, let me tell you what I'm praying about. And I want you to pray with me that I want to be in God's will and do God's work. Now, Brother Nathan, I didn't surprise him and send him a text say, God bless you, I see you, I'm leaving. No, I didn't do that. I called him ahead of time and let him pray with me. And so on the last Sunday I was there, I preached both services. They gave me a dinner because I left right. Now, if you're not careful, you hang around somebody who's left wrong and all they do is criticize the preacher, criticize the church, and that will affect you. You say, no, it won't bother me. Yes, it will bother you. You cannot do that, amen. There was a lady in that church that I was a member of and she had about three family over for Christmas and me and Patty was one of them. And... About right in the middle of it, I couldn't believe it. She just started criticizing our preacher. And I thought, what, what, what is she doing? I, I don't appreciate the way he's been preaching. Old brother Steve used to ha- drop the hammer, buddy. And I said, you know what? You ought to thank God. I said, that girl of yours getting ready to get married in a few weeks. And I said, I know you taught her right, but I said, one reason why she's going to walk down that aisle virgin is because that man of God has preached to her how to live and how to do and how to be holy. And I said, instead of being upset, you ought to get in bed every night and thank God. You had an old-fashioned Holy Ghost, hell-fire-breathing preacher that got down and told your family how to live, how to walk, how to do it. Don't you get mad at preaching. You ought to thank God for it. Amen. Amen. Needless to say, it got real quiet. And she never invited me back. Can you believe that? About two months later, we had a special meeting for some reason on church Saturday night. Happened to be in town. That woman out in the parking lot was yelling at the preacher. Now, I'll be honest with you, that fired me up. But I'm an evangelist, I'm not a pastor. I went to the pastor and I said, let's vote her out in the morning. I said, if you make the motion, I'll second it. And if nobody else wants to, I'll vote. We'll fight the whole church. Praise God. Throw her out. Hallelujah. That's why I'm an evangelist. Amen. He said, uh, uh, no, no, it's okay. He said, God will take care of that. You see, that's a pastor. That's why I'm not a pastor because I throw her out in the morning. Praise God. <laughs> but you know, Two months later or so, she left. 
But there was a family there that she kept in contact with. She kept calling. And just talking about the preacher in the church. And I watched the man, the family that she kept calling, I watched him start coming in and his countenance changed. And I watched him come and he would come after Sunday school would start so he wouldn't have to speak to nobody. And then I watched him leave while the prayer was being dismissed for the service when he wouldn't have to speak to nobody. And I said, oh, Lord. You know what he did? He had enough of it one day. He said, don't you ever call my house again. I'm not leaving. I thank God for the church. I thank God for the preacher. And I'm not leaving. You know where his girls are today? That's been 25 years ago. One's married to a pastor. The other one plays an instrument in her church. They love Jesus. That other crowd that's gone, their family's all busted apart. Their marriages are shot because you'll never do right going against God's word or God's man. Amen. Amen. Excommunicate yourself from those who would try to persuade you. Some people leave and they leave okay. And that's all right. You can talk to them. But if you get around the supper table and the restaurant, <laughs> see, that crowd, <laughs> they want to take you out to eat. It's not because they want to feed you, they want to feed you the preacher. Well, I don't think he should have done it that way. Well, you know what? That's between him and God. The old saying, the bone that the dog spits out ain't the one he's chewing on. You know what I'm saying? You'll get that in a minute. What that means is what they really say, well, the reason they're upset and they left, oh, no. The truth is there's something got way down inside where they live and it burnt their hide and they're not man enough or woman enough to get it right. Amen. Amen. How? Listen, number three, how to reach those who have fallen out. First thing you do is you go to the altar for those and pray for them. It's easier to talk about somebody than it is to pray for them. I always, wherever I've been, I've taken the directory and pray for the people in the church. I pray for y'all every day. I've always done that. And you know what I've seen down through the years, preacher? I've seen people leave church, but I never quit praying for them. And I see them four or five years later, they get back in because you keep praying for them. Then number two, you go after them. You know what Paul did? He quit preaching. He said, this boy has died. He has fallen out. I'm going after him. Now, let me say this so you don't misunderstand. You can't go after everybody. Some people God removes because they're a hindrance to the church. And so you can't go chase. When Brother Andy took our church in 2001 there at Galilee, here's what he said. He said, I'm not coming to your house every time you got a cold. I'm not coming to help you blow your nose. He said, you ought to be mature enough to come to church and come like you're supposed to. I'd rather spend my time going after sinners instead of after people that won't come. Amen. amen. And I gave him a big amen. Amen. But there is some people that get mixed up that are good people. They get mixed up in things. And sometimes we have to try to go after them. 
Can I say number three, you need to have the right attitude. You know what they did? Brother Laddie, you know what he did? He embraced them. He embraced them. My, uh, <laughs> my dad. Dad, y'all met him when he was much sweeter. Back in the day, dad thought just him and Phil Kidd's the only two going to heaven. Nobody else is going. And uh, that, that's just the way that it was. <laughs> he, I mean, he, he'd even, sometimes he'd even question, boy, are you saved? I mean, nobody's going to heaven but them two. And so as he got older, he got a little better. And the Lord helped him, and I did a little bit. But if someone would be missing for three or four weeks, Brother Laddie, he'd meet him at the door. Where you been? Oh, you ought to be in the house of God. You know you're supposed to be here. That's the way he would do it. And I said, Dad, you can't do that. Number one, you're not the pastor. It ain't none of your business where they've been. I said, number two, you ought to say, hey, man, we sure missed you. We're glad you're here today. I said, that works a whole lot better. I said, because you've just jumped on. They're already mad. They're not going to hear the preacher. You've just made them feel so, I mean, they're, they're fired up. I said, that ain't the way you do it. Amen. You've got to have the right attitude. When I get to heaven, he's going to get on me for preaching on him. Amen. But anyway, my sister became with child, 15, 16 years old. Our mother passed away when we were young. Just me, her, and dad. Summertime come, we're out of school. Dad's working. She got involved with her boyfriend. Now, what the church did wasn't the preacher. It was the youth department. They ostracized her. They pushed her aside. Some of them called her, Christian people supposedly, and cussed her out. Now, don't li listen to me. I'll never, ever condone fornication. That's a sin against God. It always will be. Always will be. The Bible said you sin against your own body. But if they'd have loved on her, if they'd have said, you know what? What you did was wrong, but we love you. Brother Laddie, it got her out of church for 10 years. 10 years because of how she was treated. One day I was preaching and she came. She came walking down the aisle, tear running down her cheeks. She got right with God. She's been in church ever since, and that's been over 20 years ago. And thank God for that. But if they would have had the right attitude, I remember... The brother that used to have Maranatha Baptist Missions, James Crumpton. And you know how meek of a man he was. Very meek man. A very godly man. Said one day a young girl came to him in the office and said, we, I'm with child, with her parents. And she wept and asked God to forgive her and they got right with God. So he brought her before the church and let everybody come down and tell her they loved her and appreciate her. And they was going to stay with her and pray for her. But he said one lady came, an older lady. She jumped all over her. You sorry, good for nothing, how rotten you are and how wicked, and just jumped all over her. So someone went and told Brother Crumpton. So he called that lady into the office a couple days later. He said, Sister, did, did you just rail all over that young girl when she's already asked God to forgive her? She's asked the church to forgive her? She thought it was, she was going to get, you know, Commended. She thought it was a badge. Oh, yes, sir, I did. He said, why would you do that? That young girl has already asked God to forgive her. 
She already asked the church to forgive her. And what you were supposed to have done was forgive her. He said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Sunday morning, you're going to stand up and ask the church to forgive you for what you did to that young girl. Because if you don't, then we're going to vote you out of church. You see, that attitude makes a difference. I'm not for people leaving as I preached the other day on the prodigal son. But I am glad when they get right with God. I am glad when they come home. I am glad, thank God, when they say, I made a mistake and I've sinned against God. You know what? How many times have we dropped the ball? We're no better than anybody else. We all could do it. I'm glad, thank God, we're to accept them. Hallelujah. Amen. Lastly, you got to, you know what he did? God had the right attitude, but they accepted him because the Bible said they were not a little comforted. They were glad. I've seen people sit in the back, I ain't shaking their hand. I, not me. Huh. I, I would let my girl do that. You better not say that. You better never say what you children will never do. Because only by the grace of God, I've seen good children get in a mess because they give in to the flesh. That flesh is raging. It's rotten. It's wicked. You can never trust it. Never. You can never give it an inch. I don't care how old you are. It'll always rage against you. Sometimes we just blow it and we fail. I'm not going to throw you away. I wouldn't want you to throw me away. Don't fall out of church. I don't know who's here. I don't know your heart, your attitude. But don't, don't fall out of church. I just know that God said this is the message for today. Maybe you need to get on this altar as a young person. Commit yourself. Lord, help me not to fall out of church. Maybe you, you've messed up and you want to say, Lord, I, I, I want to do right. Help me not to do that again. You know, I, I, wish, <laughs> I wish I could tell you that you're not going to make another mistake, but you're going to because that's who we are. But thank God that Jesus accepts us every time. Let's stand if you would, please. Come, come get us a song. I'm just delivering what God told me to deliver. Don't, don't fall out of church. Next year at this time, be, be, be here, Bible Baptist Church. Don't be out. Don't be one of those that, that maybe you let people, maybe, maybe pleasure, maybe a hobby. You let somebody get down inside of you. and Maybe you, you hang around the lost people. Maybe people have left wrong and you let them pull you out. Don't, don't do that. 